0: Let's try and understand Pare. We're standing before Seder nights. we're standing before Pesach. And one of the prime players in the story was Pare Melech Mitzrayim. And let's try and understand what Pare thought he was doing. We understand that even if it's Russia, but somebody that's played such a central role in the shaping of Klai Yisrael in the story of the Torah, must have been a person who at least was on some level a person who had to be confronted, a person who was worthy of being an enemy of the Jewish people. Let's look to understand Pirah's plan. And then, by Hashem, we can understand more than that the factors of the redemption. The Gemara tells us that Pira had three advisers: Yisra, Belaam, and Eof. And Yisra's advice was not to subjugate the Jewish people. Belaam advocated enslaving them, and Eof kept quiet. We all know this, Gemara. But if we think about it a little bit like the Mephoshim ask, it doesn't really make sense. Firstly, why did Pharaoh need to take advice? He had personal reasons for wanting to enslave the Jews. He was scared of them. They were a vast potential workforce. Why did he have to bring in three outside experts to ask advice if he should enslave the Jews or not? He was a king. He had control. He could do what he wanted. More than that, if he was going to ask advice, so then why did he ask? accept Balaam's advice? That was the minority opinion. Israel told him not to enslave them. Eob didn't tell him anything. So why did he accept Balaam's advice? If, if already he needed advice. And lastly, we understand that Balaam was a rasha and therefore wanted to, to harm the Jewish people. Maybe we can explain, Yisrael already had the underpinnings of being a tzaddik one day, and therefore to some level he wanted to help the Jewish people. What was Eov's cheshbon in keeping quiet? Especially if you know Eov as a apostle describes him as being a tzaddik. So why keep quiet? Why would he ever have a minute that the Jewish people should be enslaved? let's understand a little bit better what is happening and what the Gemara here is trying to teach us. What I'm saying is really based on an initial point which is brought down by some of the Foshim such as their but That's where the will develop it beyond the original idea that they say. And really Pare wasn't asking for advice what to do. Paro had a question which needed an answer. And he turned to the wise men, the sages of the time, to answer his question. And the answer to this question was critically important to Paro. What was the question? Paro knew well the prophecy given to Avraham Avinu at the Brisbane Abbasarium. That's where the story, story really began. We know that at the Brisbane Absalom, Hashem tells Avram, He foretells the gollus, the exile that the Jewish people are going to go through. And Paris saw himself as a superpower who was exiling the Jewish people. And therefore, it was of vital importance to him to understand the nevur that Hashem told of Avinov. Hashem told Abraham, You should know, That your descendants are going to be strangers in a land which isn't theirs. Those strangers are going to enslave them and persecute them. For 400 years. it's a clear prophecy. And then in the following pasach, the fourth generation will return here to Eretz Israel. Pairo was well aware of this Nouveau. Pairo, like I said previously, saw himself as the oppressor who was being described. But Pairo had a question. There's an internal contradiction in what Hashem said. Did you hear it? Let me repeat the passage. See if you can find the internal contradiction in Hashem's message. The first passage says, You should know, Ki ger yiyeh zarecha lo'ilohem v'avodum ve'inu arba me'oshana They're going to be enslaved and persecuted for 400 years. And the second passage says, V'dar revi yeshu The fourth generation will return here. How can that be? 400 years is a lot more than four generations. So there's a contradiction. How long is this goddess going to last? Is it going to be 400 years? Or is it going to be four generations? And like I said, this was of critical importance to Pirate. Because if it's 400 years, then Para has a lot of time. He won't live to see the end of it. Whereas if it's four generations, then that's those four generations since the Abraham Inu, was already right now. And therefore, para wants to understand the Nebuah. Pariah wants to know what's the answer to this theory. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu mean? And Paro turns to the three wise men of his generation, Eov, Yisra, and Bilam, and he asks them to explain to him why it's not a contradiction in what Hashem said. Now, there are three ways to resolve the stereo in the Pesachim. Three ways based on a similar kind of question that we find in other at different stages throughout Jewish history. So there are three ways that we could answer the question. The first way, there's a similar and A nivu talking about the coming of Mashiach. When is Mashiach going to come? And on that the Novi says, Be'itoi Achishenah. It has a set time, I'll bring it sooner. So which one's it going to be? Is it going to be a set time? Or will I should bring it sooner? And the Gemara in asked asks the question, and the Gemara answers, Zochu Achishenah. LO If Klai Yisrael are meritorious they deserve Mashiach to come bin will come right away. Achishano. LO If unfortunately the situation is that the Jewish people don't deserve Mashiach then it's going to take a long time. Then it's going to have to be put on hold until the final time the Yitzchai that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has in mind. And therefore within HaKadosh Baruch Hu's nevur, He makes for two possibilities. The nevuah predicts the option of it being right away, and the nevuah predicts the option of it being a long, long time. It's not a stirrer. It's two options. It's either or. And it hasn't been resolved yet, because it's up to Klai Yisrael. The option of us listening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's is taken care of and the option of Klaishchel not listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is also discussed and therefore in a similar vein the first possible way to miyashev the stira what Hashem said is the same kind of mahalach if Klaishchel are zeichah it's going to be four generations if Klaishchel are not zeichah it's going to be four hundred years yes it's a contradiction but HaKodesh Baruch is giving both options. It could be this way, it could be that way. It depends if is or not. That's one possible way to resolve this there. The second way. Again, I'm drawing an inference from a different place in the Torah. The Parash of Ineved Evri. If a person wants to acquire a slave, a Jewish slave, so the term of service is six years, like the Torah says. And the master who wants to acquire the average has to pay him up front for his work of six years. How do you calculate that? It depends what his profession is. And you work out how much, so to speak, he can make a profit in any given day. We multiply that by the amount of days he'll work in six years and that's the amount you have to pay for the slave. Comes the end of the six years. Says the Torah, you have to let him free. He's finished his term of service. But don't just let him go empty handed There's a special mitzvah in the Torah called Hanukkah, A special mitzvah that when the slave leaves he has to be given gifts. And if you'd be asking me the question, why give him gifts? I paid him top dollar for his services. I calculated exactly how much he's going to earn in six years of work based on how much he makes in a day. He did the job, I paid him the money. Why do I need to pay more? Why do I need to give him gifts? And the Torah itself preempts the question. And the Torah says, Ki he worked double. Why did he work double? Because since the halacha is. The Evel Ivri. His his master is allowed to give him a shifcha knanis. In order to produce more avadim. So his work wasn't limited just to the day. He had to work at night as well. And therefore. You only paid for his job in the day. He worked more than that. He worked overtime, so to speak, that needs to be paid for as well. That's why he's entitled to a gift. And therefore, with this concept, we have a second resolution to the question. And that is, it's a question of a mathematical calculation. If the Jews will work in normal amounts, it will be 400 years. But if they're going to be persecuted beyond that they're going to be pushed beyond their capabilities they're going to work night and day then they're going to finish their service of 400 years in 200 years in much less time. They'll have accomplished 400 years work in a much shorter period in four generations. Same thing if they're more Jews. So there's the workload which is meant to be worked, so to speak, by the Jewish people for 400 years, but if that same amount of work is condensed into a shorter period of time, either because they're pushed to work more than that, or because there are more people working, so then they could have achieved 400 years work in 200 years approximately. And then they'll go free out of four generations. That's our second resolution to the question. And our third resolution to the question. And that is. The two psik- we are talking about two different things. The one. Is referring to. The length of the amount of time that the goddess is going to be. 400 years. However, it doesn't all have to be in Mitzrayim. It could be partially in Mitzrayim and partially somewhere else. And therefore, the part which is in Mitzrayim will be four generations. Overall, it will be 400 years. Just parenthetically, that's exactly how Rashi explains it. Rashi says the 400 years began from the time that Yisra Kavina was born, which was a long, long time, 190 years before Mitzrayim, so to speak, had a hold on the Jewish people. There will be a third resolution to the question. That the 400 years means the amount of time Klaishol being goddess in total. And the four generations will apply to the amount of time in Mitzrayim. Now I'd like to suggest the following. These three resolutions were offered by Bilam, Yisra, and Iov. That was what Pari wanted to know from them. That was the question he went to ask advice. And these were the three answers they gave him. And therefore, we have to understand what the answer each one said is and the implication of that answer. What have made a difference to Par? Let's start with Bilam first. We know Bilam already, we've met him other times in the Torah. When Bera was asked to give advice to the king of Moab Bera's advice to the king of Moab was, "Get the Jewish people to do avaris, make them some sinful, because when the, when the shall do avaris, then Hashem is distant from them." That was his advice to the king of Moab. I want to suggest that was his advice to Paro as well. Bidam's resolution to the question was the first way we said. It depends. If Klai Yisrael are Tzadikim, then Hashem will take them out after four generations. If Klai Yisrael are not Tzadikim, then it's going to take 400 years. Therefore, Bidam's advice to Pari was Be ma'chshil them. Be ma'chshil them. Make them into Rishayim. Because if you make them into Rishoim, then they're going to be in God's for much, much longer. And if that's the case, you can treat them however you want. You can persecute them, torture them, enslave them. The main point is, is they're not coming out of Mitzrayim if they're Rishoim, until 400 years. And therefore you have carte blanche to treat them however you want. So Bidham's resolution to the question means that power is free to treat the Jews Enslave them. Make them work hard. As long as you make sure they're not going to be tadikim. As long as you make sure they are him, they're going to be stuck in trying for a long time. That's Bilam's explanation, that's Bilam's advice. Again. The same Bilam we meet later on. He didn't change. Yesro. Yes offered the second resolution. And that is It's true that in time the goddess is 400 years but that's taking into account the normal amount that a person does. If you're going to persecute the Jewish people you're going to enslave them you're going to push them beyond their limits then it's going to count as much more years of work in a much shorter period of time. And therefore what comes out of Yisra's advice is don't persecute them. It's just going to minimize the amount of time they're mitzvahing. On the contrary, the harder you push them, the sooner they'll come out. That's Israel's resolution of the, to era, the stirrer. And therefore, what comes out of Israel's advice is don't enslave them. And lastly, that brings us to Eiv. Eiv had the third resolution. It could be that the entire span of the goddess will be 400 years, but it doesn't all have to be in Mitzrayim. And if that's the case then it's completely immaterial how power treats them. It's not that one's going to extend or shorten the goddess. It doesn't make any difference. And therefore what came out of Yusuf's advice was neither way. Not to persecute. Not to persecute. If it was predicted how long the goddess of Mitzrayim is going to be and the resolution is that the 400 years isn't talking about Mitzrayim it's talking about other countries as well if that's the case, so then it's irrelevant to the discussion of how far treats him. And therefore, regarding the question of should he enslave the Jewish people or not, Yisra keeps quiet. His way of explaining the Niveau d- doesn't affect it. Good. So now that we've seen a certain depth what Pharaoh wanted to know and what Bilam and Yisra and Eve had to say, how did Pharaoh respond? How did Paro take this advice? What did he do with it? So I want to share with you a tremendous idea, a tremendous insight into the pasuk. It's the pasuk we mentioned in the and the pasuk says like this: We say isono How do we know that? Because the pasuk says, quoting Paro's original plan to enslave the Jewish people. We have to look at this puzzle carefully. Because here's where Paris is laying out the plan of what he wants to do to the Jewish people. Paris says to the Egyptians, he says, Let us come and be cleverer than them. In case they increase. And it will happen if there happens to be a war. Venoisef gam hu al they're going to join the enemies, the Nilchambon of They'll fight against us and leave the land. It sounds like a very disjointed prosikh. What's more interesting is why is this the explanation for Husayn Nagada? So, first, let's look at that prosikh. It's often been pointed out in Hebrew grammar and TikTok. The poslux wrong. If you want to say the mitzim were bad to us, treated us badly, the way to say it in Hebrew is Vyoreu Lono. To us is lono. It's often been pointed out. is sono literally means the mitzhim made us bad. Not they were bad to us, but they made us bad. And now where do we see that the Mithrim made us bad? So let's look at the Pasuk again. What are his people? Bearing in mind the advice he's got from Bilom, from Yisra and from Eiv. So this is three things to them. Firstly, hovo nischak moloi. Let us find a way to be clever with them. And what he means by that is, let us find a way to make them into Rishonim. Let us find a way to make them bad. Because taking Bidam's advice into account if they're Rishoyim, they're going to be here for much longer so the first thing we have to do is we have to find the Chochmah. We have to find a way to make them into Rishoim. Because once we've done that then we guaranteed rulership over them for 400 years. Second point. 10 year back. We have to find a way to stop them increasing. This was taking Israel's adv- advice into account. If there are more Jews working, then they are going to get through the amount of work they have to do more quickly. If that's the case, we have to minimize the population. We have to make sure there are less of them. That way it will take longer to reach the quotas, so to speak, which is predicted for them. And lastly taking EOV's advice into account, what was Pyro's scared of? Maybe they'll leave us to another country. If there'll be a war, they'll join the enemy and continue the 400 years there. And therefore, we have to make sure that doesn't happen. We have to make sure that doesn't happen because we don't want that to be only part of the goddess in Mitzrayim and the rest somewhere else. So Pyro uses the advice of all three in his plan against the Jewish people. How did he do that? How would they marshal the Jews? How did they make us bad? That was the first thing. Avoid a zar. Avoid a zar. When we say in our God, our ancestors were idol worshippers. The explain, explains, talking about our ancestors in Mitzrayim. Like the, like the Gemara says, that the Saira of Mitzrayim says to Hashem, zarava, These are idol worshippers and those are idol worshippers. The first thing the Mitzrayim did was try to involve Klai in their Ava By doing that, they wanted to guarantee that Klai would be considered Rishayim. And there wouldn't be Zechot to redemption. And then the Nevov would be Mitzrayim and it would take 400 years until they came out of Mitzrayim. That was the first point. The second point. The apostle carries on. They persecuted us. What the riot brings? That they made cities for Paroi. In order to persecute them. Not that Paroi needed the cities. We know the Chazal say that Peslam and Ram says the is built in quicksand. But he thought that hard work would cause the numbers of Kayserel to minimize. That was his way to, originally, his way to enforce the pen yerba. They shouldn't increase. It didn't work. Because, like the Postal says, it had an opposite effect. The more the Midstream persecuted them, Exactly the opposite, the more they increased. And therefore Pari's second idea to try and reduce the population was to throw all the boys into the river. That was the second attempt to make sure that there wouldn't be too many Jews. And as a result, they wouldn't finish the communal workload too quickly. That was the second plan. What was his last plan? How would he prevent the Jewish people continuing to go to somewhere else? The answer was Parah like had a proposal at the end. Vayitno le'nu avoy the kosher? He put hard labor on us? Sh'neamar v'yavidu mitzrayim is b'nei shol b'forech? Onet Chazal say b'forech is b'perach. Parah convinced them to join the workforce. Join the na- national efforts. Come show your loyalty for Mitzrayim. The slavery didn't start with force, with compulsion. On the contrary, Klaishol volunteered for it. And if that's the case, they have no real moral claim to leave Mitzrayim to go somewhere else. Mitzrayim didn't force them against their will to work for Mitzrayim. They chose to do it. They signed up for it. And if that's the case, they've committed themselves, so to speak, to being workers for Mitzrayim. And therefore we see a little bit, the nefariousness maybe, of what Pariyah was doing. He was trying to ensure, with any, all three options, the class would be Mitzrayim for 400 years. There's a second part to this Russia, and that is why Cla deserved these three punishments specifically. We'd we'll have to leave that for a different occasion. Here our time is short, and idea was to understand understand Par if we understand this Kurish. so I want to finish this, maybe this part of the sharea with an unbelievable insight. We know. How long work life be trying for? Only two hundred and ten years. Not four hundred. What happened? What happened? Omar Ama The three things we have to mention at the Seder. And a person who doesn't mention them has not fulfilled his obligation of discussing the coming out of Mitzrayim. All these three things are reasons why we came out of Mitzrayim when we did. All these three things explain why we came out of Mitzrayim after 210 years and we weren't condemned to be there for the full 400. Let's explain them. Pesach, Matzo, Moro. Let's start with the Mara. The Mara is a symbol of the Marirus, of the bitterness, of the extent of the persecution and the suffering that Klai Shul had. But the Mara is one of the three symbols of Khairus. Because it was Dafka because of the added persecution, it came out more quickly. Like Yisrael said, if you're, going to, if you're going to persecute them, if you're going to enslave them, more strictly Push them beyond their limits. Then they're going to come out more quickly. They have fulfilled the 400 year stint. In just 200 years. So yes. The Mara we pick up is a symbol of why we come out of Mitzrayim. We came out of 200 years. Because it was so bitter. Because they were so bad to us. That's the first symbol. The second symbol. The Matzah. The Matzah is a symbol of the miraculous way we came on Mitzrayim. Miraculously, from one moment to the next. There were times when Klai Yisrael drifted from goddess to goddess. We were under the rulership of one empire, we moved on to the rulership of another empire. We were slaves from one country, we were sold to this next country. When we were moved from one country to the next, one goddess ended and the next one took over straight away. There was no miracles in between. We hadn't yet finished the goddess. We are just changing, so to speak, who our ruler was going to be. When Paras turned into Yavon, there was no miracles. The goddess led from one to the next. The fact that miracles happened shows that our Baruch is taking us out of goddess. And the goddess comes to an end. And therefore, to, what Eov said, That the 400 years are not all going to be in Mitzrayim. Only four generations in Mitzrayim. The rest can be somewhere else. That's what happens. But. It wasn't after Mitzrayim. It wasn't after Mitzrayim we went into a different goddess. Really the other goddess was before Mitzrayim. Like Rashi says. From when Yitzchak was born. It was 190 years in the countries of Canaan. Of Yemelech, and others. And only the end part was in Mitzrayim. And therefore we say the end of Mitzrayim was the miraculous salvation. That showed the goddess had come to an end. Hashem had taken us out of goddess. Babel didn't end miraculously. Neither did Paras. The miracle shows that it's the end of the goddess. And therefore the circle symbol of the redemption is the matzah. When Hashem took us out, He did it with miracles. There did it with miracles to show that this was the end of goddess Now we were coming out. The 400 years weren't afterwards, they were before. And now we come to the Carbon Pesach, Bilem was right. If Klai Yisholah they're not coming out. If Klai are is they're going to remain in goddess But there's one thing Bilem didn't take into account. What Bilem didn't take into account is that it's always possible to do Tshuva. And when a person does Tshuva, then they could have been Rishoyim for the previous 200 years. But now they do Tshuva, now they're And now they're they can come out right away. And that's a symbol of the Pesach. I'm going to take the deity of the Egyptians. I'm going to take their sheep and slaughter it for Hashem. I will break the hold of Avedo Zara on myself. I'll do Tshuva for the Avodah Zara. And then I'm no longer a Russia, And the Gola can come right now. And therefore these are our three symbols of Gola. Why we came out after 200 years. The fact that we came out miraculously. This wasn't just being transferred to another country. The bitterness of the goddess we had suffered. Multiplied the amount of time we had been there. And even if we were a Shom until now. But we could detach ourselves from that Avodah and we and be to come out. I want to finish this with a thought. when we sit outside the night and we have these symbols in front of us, let's think how much it's applicable to our present goddess. How long is this goddess going to be? How do we understand when the Kurdish broker is going to take us take us out of the goddess we're in right now? So we have the same three symbols. You can pick up the mirror and say, Baruch However long close we were meant to be in Goddess. But the amount we've suffered, the difficulties we've experienced, the pain that the goyim have put us through, multiplies the amount of time of goddess by so much more. The bitterness of the goddess should re- stand instead of the amount of time we still need to suffer. Which we say to the goyim. And the matter. Same thing. Since the time of the Khurban 20, nearly 2,000 years ago we've gone from place to place from country to country. We've changed hands from one empire to the next. From the Romans to the Europeans to the Russians to all over the world. That's not a goal. It's just a change of who the owner, our owner is while we slaves. The goal is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu steps in to free us. Like the Potash says he did in the time of rhyme, he'll show us with miracles. That the goddess will come to an end miraculously. And the last symbol is the Pesach. How long is the goddess? If it's up to us, then if we deserve it, the goddess will come. And if we don't, then it won't. Then even if until now we haven't deserved it, that doesn't condemn us for the future even if until now we've been Rishoyim, we can take the message of the Korban Pesach. And that is at any stage when we get up and do Tshuva, then we'll become tzaddikim, And when we tzaddikim, then the Gola can come right away. And that's what we look forward to. Just like with Pesach, the miracles happened of Yitzhah Mitzrayim then, and the Gola happened then. Same thing we can look forward to and Daven for the Gola, which will come in this Nisan as well, for Ezra